This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Episode 130 with Liz Thomas, teaching a new class, Through Hiking 101. Yo, friends, how's it going? Welcome to 2016. Awesome new year. We're excited for all the new things that the Adventure Sports Podcast is going to be bringing to you this year. Here are a couple of new highlights. You just heard the new version of our theme song. Just like our previous theme song, this one was arranged and recorded by Mike Flack with Launchpad Studios. Mike also teaches guitar lessons and piano lessons, and in addition to that, he has a full recording studio set up, and he can do original works for you or work with you for you to record your own projects. So Mike's your guy. Speaking of the new theme song, hey, let us know what you think of that. You can go to our website, and if you scroll down on the right-hand side, there is a big orange Contact Us button, and that way you can let us know what you think. Also, we have a brand new look to our website as well. If you have not been to our website yet, make sure you go there. There's some handy ways to get in touch with us, lots of ways you can subscribe to the show. There are also Adventure Sports Podcast episode categories. If you click on that link at the top, it will take you to all the Adventure Sports Podcast shows that have been sorted by Adventure Sport category, so you can find the ones you're most interested in and check out some new ones as well. It's a great way to find previous shows that you would most like to hear. Now, thank you very much. Happy 2016, and on with the show. Today, I have Liz Snorkel Thomas with us again. This is her third appearance on the Adventure Sports Podcast. But she is back with a purpose today. She is announcing a special online course that is with Backpacker Magazine and Liz herself. But first, let me tell you who Liz is, for those of you who have not heard. By the way, if you want to hear more of the details about Liz and her adventures, she was on episode 41, as well as episode 92. In episode 41, she was talking about thru-hiking. In episode 92, we did a deep dive more into the details about how to be a successful hiker. And now Liz has a wonderful online course, which will give you all the details. But let me tell you who Liz is. She is among the most experienced female hikers in the U.S. She's known for backpacking light, fast, and solo. In 2011, she broke the women's unsupported speed record on the 2,181-mile-long Appalachian Trail. She beat the previous record by almost a week in that attempt, which is wild. She completed the Triple Crown, which means she hiked the Appalachian Trail, the 2650-mile Pacific Crest Trail, and the 3100-mile Continental Divide Trail. Not many people have pulled that off. (laughs) More people have been in space than have completed the Triple Crown, which is awesome. Liz has backpacked over 15,000 miles across the United States on 16 long-distance hikes, She has pioneered a traverse of the Chinook Trail across the Columbia River Gorge, and she also does urban hiking. She is known as the queen of urban hiking, and she has been making that a much more popular sport, actually doing through hikes of major cities, which is really unique. Liz, wow, you've been so busy, but today we're here to talk about 
your corroboration with Backpacker Magazine to do an online course about hiking. So, Liz, welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me, Kurt. Well, we're excited to have you on the show to talk about this new opportunity for our listeners. You know, we we end almost every show by saying get out there and have some fun. And if the Adventure Sports Podcast has any mission, that mission has always been to encourage people to go try and do to enlarge their lives by having adventures and chasing some of their dreams. And you now are in the business of equipping people to do just that. And so I think that's just awesome. Thank you so much, Kurt. You know, the thing with long distance hiking is I think there's a lot of people out there who really want to do it, but it's pretty intimidating to say, like, I'm going to be gone in the woods for five months or six months. And so this class is aimed towards people who really have this dream of doing it and just want to figure out step by step, how do I make this dream a reality? Let's tell our listeners before we dive into details about the course, let's tell our listeners where you are. We caught up with Liz. So every time we call Liz, she's doing something crazy. One time she was doing a through hike. <laughs> through an urban city, and we, we caught up with her in a coffee shop. Um, I think I've talked to her at an airport before, and now she is at Outdoor Retailer in Salt Lake City, Utah. So, Liz, what is Outdoor Retailer? So, Outdoor Retailer happens twice a year, and it's the big trade show for all the companies that sell gear and all the companies that buy gear to kind of figure out what the newest design products are going to be. Uh, all the media comes out to see some of the newest stuff that's rolling off the shelves. Uh, that's going to be on the shelves in, in often a year out from now. Um, so it's a really, really cool place. Lots of energy, lots of people. Uh, like it, every year, I think winter might be between twenty and 30,000 people all within this one convention center, um, all in the outdoor industry. Yeah, it's really vast. Of course, the Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by 180TAC, and 180TAC goes to Outdoor Retailer, and we just had a ball there showing off our stoves and other products and meeting a lot of people in the outdoor industry. Outdoor retailer is just a hoot. What a fun thing. Yeah, it's a great place to meet people who just like do all sorts of crazy things in the outdoors. Yeah, that's fun. So you're always going and doing stuff that's outdoor related. How did you end up at Outdoor Retailer? Um, I would say about five years ago, um, right after I beat the AT record, uh, a friend of mine told me, hey, you really need to go to Outdoor Retailer and meet some of these companies. And got me a pass in and that that was kind of the start of it and so I go with some of the companies that I work with as one of their athletes now and yeah it's just a great way to reconnect with people in the outdoor industry share my stories um, see some new gear now for the listeners outdoor retailer is not open to the public you do have to be a retailer or in the media or somehow connected to the outdoor sports industry to get in the door so sorry to say that but if you are connected then outdoor retailer is a a wonderful place to make new friends and see a, an amazing display of thousands upon thousands of new products. It's a good time. Well, Liz, let's talk about Backpacker. I just thought it was fun that you're at Outdoor Retailer right now. But Backpacker approached you about doing this course for them. And this is their first ever course, correct? That is correct. This is their first online course uh, that they, they've ever launched. Wow. So what an honor that is. Liz, tell us a little bit more about how this came about. So Backpacker knew that for their first online course, they wanted to cover the topic of through hiking because there's a lot of people who are really interested in through hiking right now. It's kind of a sexy topic with all these walk in the woods and wild and all these movies coming out. But there's also a lot of questions about through hiking. It's, it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of, it's, it's a, it's a big dive into the deep end. And, you know, it's the sort of thing where you have to quit your job, maybe sell your house. There's a lot of sacrifices that you have to make. So 
the the chance to learn from a class how to get everything kind of squared away before you go off is is it's a really good investment. So that was kind of their idea for why they wanted a through hiking class. And then as far as choosing me, um, I've worked with them a little bit before, and they had kind of like my style. Uh, one of the things that I say is I I didn't really learn how to through hike or to to really engage in the outdoors until I was an adult. And so because of that, I have this very like I. I can remember what it was like to just be starting out. And so I'm pretty good at explaining step one, you know, walking people through really relating to people from all walks of life who are just starting out. Neat. Well, let's talk a little bit about the course format. Now, first of all, when I say format, I don't mean content. I mean, how do people attend? So people attend by signing up for the course. And uh, you can either go through Backpackers website, um, Active Interest Media University, or... um, I can give you the the, the shorter version, um, which is tinyurl.com backslash through hiking 101. Through hiking is T-H-R-U hiking 101, all one word, no spaces. And you can check out the syllabus there, but the, it, the course is set up as six weeks and you can go at your own pace throughout the week whenever you want and look through the videos, through the coursework. There's worksheets, um, there's training exercises and there's homework, and it's not like you have to turn in your homework necessarily, although you're certainly welcome to, and I'll grade it um, or, you know, review it. There's no grades in this course. But it's kind of a cool way to stay in, in touch with the class, uh, make sure that you're pacing yourself well. And then there's also discussion groups as well with other people taking the course. Oh, that's pretty neat. So it's an online course, but they do get access to work with you. It's not just like, here's a pre-recorded something, and, and you actually don't get to meet Liz, right? Right. And there's also webinars. The whole, oh, the whole thing is set up so that as you have questions along the way um, about the course content, I signed a contract where I'm supposed to respond to you within, uh, you know, 48 hours or something like that. So your questions <laughs> will get answered very quickly, probably much sooner than that. So it's in writing. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be taking any long backpacking trips over the course of this trip. That's one way to put it. There you go. Well, I'm going to just touch on the highlights of what I see here about the course and not the syllabus itself yet, but it says that the course covers the ins and the outs of what makes long-distance hiking unique, tricks for saving money by planning properly, how to handle unexpected emergencies, very important, strategies for eating well, no matter how long the journey, picking the right gear, fitness tips to make sure that your body is ready, tools and resources that you need to finish your hike safely and in style, and a whole lot more. And uh, that's just kind of a broad overview, but let's dive into a little bit more of the content now. Um, I see here, week one is refining the dream. So what's that about? So refining the dream is really, this course is set up for people who have ever dreamed about going on a long distance hike. So even if you're not 100% sure that you want to hike, or not 100% sure that you can find the time or money. Week one is all about finding the time and money, finding the trail that's right for you, finding a trail that is right for wherever you are as far as your experience goes or your physical fitness. Um, because there are a lot of long-distance hikes or sections of long-distance hikes that are really suited for wherever you are in, in your outdoor experience. Week one is about trying to figure out what's going to work for you and what sort of ways to make your dream make your dream possible, really. So you mentioned something before we started here about a survey that helps to align the hiker with the right trail, and that's a part of this course. Yeah, that's a part of this course, and it's actually free online on on Backpacker's page. And the idea is that 
you fill out this little quiz and you put in the parameters that you're interested in looking for in a hike. So that's however long you're going to be out for, how remote you want your trail to be, what sort of ecosystems you want to walk through, what sort of experience you have. And it, the computer figures out a trail that's really well suited for what you're looking for in a long distance hike. I think that's pretty neat. I think that it doesn't hardly matter where someone hikes. If they get out there, they're going to have a great experience. But getting matched up with the right hike for your ability and experience can probably make it a a lot more fun. Totally. And there's a lot of trails out there that don't get as much press as some of the major ones, but are really, really cool. In fact, some of my favorite trails are like that. I think that the quiz has been around for it's been online for like a week and there's already been 25,000 people who have taken it. So I think people are really curious to find what's the trail for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Okay. Week two, making it real. What's that about? So making it real is kind of the nuts and bolts of making a long distance hike happen. So a big question that I get asked a lot is how much money is it going to take to go on a through hike? So we've got a whole budget calculator set up and we discuss some of the things that you might want to put into your budget that you wouldn't have thought about, like, you know, like vet fees for your pet while you're gone, for example. Just the little things, a lot of things that are that are happening at home while you're out in the woods, totally trying to forget about them happening, Uh, you know, your mortgage. And one of the other major things of week two is physical fitness. So we've partnered with a personal trainer who focuses on training um, long distance hikers and endurance athletes for for their adventures. And she has some really great exercises and has put together a tailored training calendar. Kind of like if you're training to go on a marathon, you know, there's those calendars that are like, how many miles should I do per day? How do I ramp up? What sort of exercises I need to do? It's the same thing, except it's for a through hike. Let's go to week three, route planning. Route planning is probably one of the hardest and most intense things to do for a long distance hike. And it's so, so important. So this week is all about walking walking hikers step by step through that process. You know, what do they need to worry about first? How do you decide when you're going to start your hike? How do you start when you're going to end your hike? How are you going to get to the trailhead? How are you going to get back home once you've finished your hike? And just like, how do you figure out an itinerary? How are you going to figure out where you sleep when you're, you know, thousands of miles away from the trail that you're on already? So I think those are a lot of questions that I get asked from people who are just starting out. And that week is all about kind of getting to the really uh, meats and bones of, of what, what, how do you plan for a through hike before you go out there? Yeah. And I see you have week four resupplies, but you know what? Part of route planning that I think would be paramount is getting your resupplies in the right place at the right time. Holy cow. Yeah, definitely. Um, so week three is mostly about very superficially being like, okay, I'm going to resupply here. I'm going to resupply here. And week four is getting down to the like, okay, so I'm in this town where I'm resupplying. What do I need to do here? Or what do I need to send here to resupply? <laughs> and I hear that on some of these trails, the only store around is maybe a 7-Eleven. So your resupply is going to be Snickers bars. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. Snickers bars and Gatorade. Totally. We have a video where uh, the, the video crew follows me around a gas station. And I figure out how do I decide how I'm going to do a five-day resupply off of just the stuff I find in a gas station. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's got to be tough. No doubt about it. So a good strategy for resupply, like the mail drops, I think would be really important. Yeah. And that that week, we also talk about mail drops. And I um, put together some sample boxes, say what I'm looking for in a box, what every box needs to have. And I actually love putting together boxes. I love talking about food. Um, We talk about kind of a nutrition strategy as well, how to make sure you don't get tired of your food. I mean, you know, if you're out there for six months, man, you are going to get tired of oatmeal. (laughs) No doubt. (laughs) For sure. 
Week five is about gear. Boy, this has got to be a big one too. Oh, yeah, definitely. So I would say that the mistake that most people make when they're going a long-distance hike is they go out sometimes to a, to a discount store, sometimes to a store that's having a great sale, and say, hey, I'm going to buy this for my hike in a couple years. And I, the number one piece of advice I have is definitely to do a lot of research before you go out and hike and really kind of figure out what exact model or couple models that you might be interested in and then start looking for deals. How to save money on gear is one of the, the things that we definitely talk about. But also um, how to think of gear as a system and how to lighten up your load. Because if you're on a long distance hike, if you're out for 2,000 miles, that's a really long time to be carrying something that's pretty heavy and painful on your back. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm really into lightweight backpacking, but I have to confess here, I, I bought kind of a cheaper backpack. And the other day I thought, man, why is my pack so heavy when I don't carry that much gear? So I weighed the pack empty. I think it was nearly 10 pounds. <laughs> I thought, Whoa. oh, boy, well, there's the problem. So gear makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, you know, the, all the gear that I carry, so just my gear, so that's my sleeping bag, my tent, my shelter, all my clothes, my electronics, everything is always under 10 pounds. So a lot of people ask me, like, how do you do that? And one of the cool things about the gear section is not only is it showing what my gear is, but I've also um, uh, worked with four other experienced long distance hikers, some of them who have done one trail and some of them who have done almost as much hiking as me. One guy's done more hiking than I have. So we have them put out everything in their pack. They've filmed everything that's in their pack. They've put together a gear list. They've weighed everything. So you really get an idea of some of the different companies that are out there, the other options that are out there. Because the thing with gear is it's really personal. So it just kind of gives you a different way to think about gear than thinking there's one right model out there. Yeah, that's cool. Gear will be a lot of fun. And since you're an outdoor retailer right now, I mean, you're you're in gear paradise. I definitely am. I'm really excited to see some of whatever uh, the companies have rolling out that's, that's new. There's <laughs> There's usually one thing that just blows my mind. Yeah, the people come up with some really innovative stuff. It's a lot of fun. For 20 years, Bent Gate Mountaineering has been outfitting climbers, skiers, backpackers, and outdoor enthusiasts with the gear they need. Whether climbing an 8,000-meter peak or buying your first backcountry ski setup, Bent Gate is here to help. Bentgate is continuing to offer free BC 101 sessions this winter, teaching backcountry ski boot and binding setup, avi safety and beacon practice, clothing systems, and tips and tricks to make your days more enjoyable. If you don't own the gear, Bentgate offers a full range of rental and demo equipment. Bentgate also has free demo ski days at local resorts to give you a chance for hands-on experience. Be sure to check Bentgate.com for our full product selection as well as updates on all these events. Okay, we're on to week six already, life on the trail, and this is, in my mind, is where it gets real here. Week six is all about talking about what it's really like to be out there and what it's like to be out there on a long-distance hike versus a, a normal backpacking trip or a day hiking trip are a little bit different. So we'll be talking about strategies to eat and drink. You know, if you go on a day hike and you don't eat enough, that's okay because you're going to be home 
gorging on burgers or whatever. But if you don't eat enough on a through hike, the next day you're not going to feel so great. And then if you keep repeating that the next day, you're really, really not going to feel so great. And the next day, you know, you might end up quitting. So some of the tips and tricks to make sure that you're staying hydrated, that you're, you're, um, eating the right amount of nutritious food or I think is really, really key. Some of the other things we're going to talk about is making camp, um, trail etiquette, safety issues for a long hike, medical issues that happen after you're out there day after day, you know, and the hiking itself can be kind of repetitive. So making sure that your feet and all of your joints are are not feeling it after months and months or not feeling it to a point of of, uh, permanent damage and staying motivated because, I mean, if you're on the through hike, you're out there for a long, long time. Yeah, there are a couple of uh, subcategories here I want to highlight. Safety for women, I think that matters. Staying smart around sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, what's that doing there? So, uh, you know, depending on the trail that you're on, I think there's definitely a conception if you go out on something like the Appalachian Trail that you're going to be out there for six months by yourself. And some of these trails at least have become popular enough that there's going to be other people that you meet and you're going to befriend, which is really great. But especially, not always for, it might be a stereotype, but especially for younger people, there's a lot of sex, drugs, rock and roll that are out there on the trail, actually. Um, wow. And, you know, if you don't want that sort of experience, and I, I don't, um, it's really easy to avoid. But if, just how to stay safe and make sure it doesn't impact your hike and it doesn't negatively impact other hikers is something important to think about. Yeah, that's actually something I would not have thought about, but I'm glad it's there because it's uh, it's a reality on the trail, I guess, huh? Yeah, and week six is all about realities around the trail. It's easy before going on a hike to be like, okay, this is what it's going to be like. And often what we think it's going to be like is a lot more romantic and takes a lot of the the harder things out out of the equation. And so week six is all about figuring out what those harder things are, coming up with a strategy and plan to deal with them. Um, So when they actually do happen to you, you're like, oh, now I know what to do here. Yeah, that's good. You know, what I really like about this whole setup, Liz, is that people get to work with you you know, one of the most experienced through hikers in the United States, in the world for that matter, people get to work with you and it's going to be real and it's going to be based on experience. And if if it's happened on the trail, it's probably happened to you. You know, I know there are a lot of programs out there where people, they want to hype up the idea of getting out and doing stuff. But um, I think maybe it does get a little too romanticized. But with you, people can get the real story. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things about this class is I didn't want it just to be about my perspective. I also wanted to get kind of a broad a broad view of people from different backgrounds. So I've got some retirees. I've got some younger people. Um, I've got people from all walks of life, all different ages who have been interviewed. And you'll hear audio from them about their opinions on things. Because one of the things about this trip is through hiking is really personal. And, you know, I might know what it's like to be out on trail, but you know, you know you the best. So how do you take what you know about yourself and what you know about the trail and put together, manufacture a hike for you that that's really just going to make be awesome for you? Well, this is really exciting. So Backpacker Magazine's first ever online course, they approached our good friend Liz Thomas to teach the course, and they couldn't have chosen a better person. Liz, you approached us, Adventure Sports Podcast, to help get the word out, and we're honored that you did that. So what a fun time. AIM Adventure U. What's that about? So Active Interest Media um, is the company that owns Backpacker Magazine as well as climbing and I want to say skiing. Um, So they're, they're focused on outdoor sports, adventure sports, and I want to say that some of some of the other magazines have put together online courses, but this is Backpackers first, and they really wanted to stay in the spirit of what those those other magazines are doing and trying to train people to be stronger, smarter, and 
better in the outdoors. There's a lot of, of information in the course about through hiking, but I, I don't think that your audience is just through hikers. Who is the target audience for the course? So the target audience is anyone who's ever thought they want to go on a long distance hike and maybe they're not sure how to make it happen or um, maybe they're just really curious about how how do you go about planning this even if they don't ever think they will go on a hike. Um, it's for people who are planning on going hiking this summer. Like this would be a really, great, really, really great time to take this course because it's set up to chunk out all the information you need over six weeks, but six weeks, you're not going to be hiking mid-February probably. So six weeks is enough time to learn to take this crash course and what, what you need to know. It's also set up for people who are planning on leaving in 2017. So you've got plenty of time and we've got this timeline schedule, you know, two years out, one year out, six months out, two weeks out the day before um, set up. So no matter how many, how long out it's going to be until you're through hike, this, this course is set up to really help you make the most of your time before you hit the trail. You know, I want to throw in there, there are listeners out there who are probably out of shape and who have never hiked a day in their lives, but I want to encourage them to start dreaming the big dream. If this kind of tickles your fancy and you're curious about it, then consider this course. Go to Liz's website and, you know, just learn more about what it's all about because it is just a ton of fun. By the way, Liz's website is eathomas.com. So it looks like Eat Homus. Dot com, <laughs> but it's e a t h o m a s dot com. You can learn a lot more about Liz and stay in touch with her there. And Liz, one more time, if people want to find out more about this online course with Backpacker Magazine, then how do they connect to that? So the website for that is tinyurl dot com backslash through hiking one hundred and one. Or if you look on AIM Adventure University and type in Through Hiking 101, that will also come up. But the course is called Through Hiking 101. So Liz, what's the timing of the course? Um, I think I see here it launches on January the 12th. So people have a window of opportunity here. That's right. So the first day that you can access the content is, uh, is January 12th. That will release the first class. And you have until the 26th to sign up for the course, which means that you'll have access to classes one and two and all the other classes. So you'll have a little bit of time to catch up. And the whole way that the timeline is set up, it's not like you have to meet at a certain same time every week. You take the course over the course of the week at your own schedule. Um, and then you can take the next class. And, you know, if I, if you aren't able to make a course within a week, take a class within a week, that's fine. You know, like I, I have a student who's already told me she's going on a, a mission trip to uh, Jamaica for a week and, and won't be able to make it. And I said, Oh, you know, that's fine. You know, just take that class whenever you have, have um, time when you're back. Really just working within your own schedule is one of the keys of this game and making sure that you understand the material as you go along. So on the website here, it says January 12th through February 29th. So after the 29th, it's a done deal? It's January 12th through it's six weeks. So 12, uh, I think the 9th, the 9th is actually the last date. And then there'll be another round that'll start on the 16th. And that will also go take you all the way through um, the last week of March. So that's really great for people who are planning on starting April 1st. Um, because it, it not only is it designed for people who are planning on hiking, hiking in a couple years, you know, once they retire, but it's also designed for people who really need to take this crash course right before they leave on April 1st or right before they leave on March 1st. Mm. Um, and you know, one of our huge, the huge groups that we, we were getting a lot of positive feedback from was uh, concerned parents who know their kids about to go hike one of these long trails and want to make sure that they have all the information so they can go out there safely. Right. 
Well, I see the price tag for the course here, and I just want to say the amount of money is not that much when you consider that the information you gain from the course could save you that much money and a whole lot more in an endeavor like this, doing some sort of a through-hike. The course is only $299, and I think that's really a steal for the information that we've covered here. People will, will save that much just because they took the course. I think people will save that much just on their gear by making some good decisions. I mean, when I think back on the thousands and thousands of dollars I spent like buying gear and rebuying gear and replacing gear that I didn't like just over my first few through hikes. If I had known there was a better strategy out there, I could have saved a lot of money. But um, more importantly, I'm thinking about a lot of the people who, you know, quit their jobs or sell their houses to go out on a hike. And that's a huge monetary investment. And to put forth a little bit of money um, beforehand um, to take a class to make sure that that investment is really going to pay off, I, th- I think is is really a, a good use of your, t- your time. Yeah. And you think about it, $299, a higher end backpack can cost more than that pretty easily. A, uh, yeah. a nice tent, more than that. Oh, for a sure. A good Gore-Tex jacket, double that amount. Um, how about snow skis? You can't touch them for two ninety nine these days. I mean, almost anything that you're going to do in the outdoors costs more than that. And this is money invested so that you can save more and enjoy more. Yeah, and the thing is, too, is this this will stay with you forever, um, and it could save your life, I suppose. Uh, I'm sure that lives will be saved. So very <laughs> cool. So, Liz, thank you very much for telling us about the course. But since I have you on the line, I can't let you go without talking about hiking itself because you've always done such a great job, you know, helping us to understand what a through hike is really about. The thing I want to ask first, we talked about who the audience is, but now that feeds me straight into my first question here. Why hike anyway? You know, one of the reasons why I love hiking is it it puts me in a position where not only am I seeing things, but I'm seeing what I will see, if that makes sense. There are so many things that are unexpected that I don't even know could possibly ever happen that happen on a through hike. Um, and that's what I love. I love the places that I go that I never knew existed. I love the people that I meet who I would never talk to if I weren't on this hike in the middle of nowhere. And I love just being out there, disconnecting from the world and really living a life that feels very authentic out there, very real, um, very honest to myself. It's a simple life where what I need to think about is is waking up, feeding myself, making sure I'm hydrated, getting a good campsite. You know, it's it's very it's very much so I think what, what humans used to live like before we had all this technology, before we had our cars and our busy lives. And oh, I yeah. love that. I, I couldn't agree more. When I go out and I backpack or, or hike I almost always have an experience I never would have thought of that becomes a memory that I take back with me and I hang on to for the rest of my life. Over the holidays, four of us decided to try to summit a a 13er. Oh, cool. And Yeah, it was fun. It was bitter cold the day that we had available to go. It was uh, about three degrees below zero when we started, and it was three degrees below zero when we finished. (laughs) And so... (laughs) But we summited the mountain, but I'm going to do a show, a trip report on this that'll that'll be out. But the thing that just really knocked my socks off is there were frozen ice crystals in the air the whole day long. And the sun had an ice crystal rainbow, a sun dog around it, you know, a ring around the sun of all the colors of the rainbow all day long. And at sunset, a beam of light like a spotlight came down out of the sun to the mountain that we were on with this round rainbow still around the sun 
And as the sun set behind the peaks and cast a light on the peaks off in the distance, and we had that that spotlight beaming down, I mean, it was it was almost a supernatural experience. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't expect to see it that day, and had I not gone out there, I wouldn't have had that experience. Yeah, and that, that's what I love about being out there. And when you're out there for five or six months, you get to have that sort of crazy thing happen every day. Oh, that's great. That's cool. Well, you have hiked a lot of different trails. Obviously, you've done the big three plus a John Muir Trail and then a whole lot of others. Will you do a little compare and contrast for us? Let's let's just do the big three right now. So the, the sure. Pacific Crest Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Appalachian Trail. People often ask me which one's my favorite, and I say it's like choosing between my children. It's really hard. They're, <laughs> they're all different. They all have really cool things about them. So I'll start with the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I'm comfortable, even though though I say they're all great, where I would say if you can only do one, the Pacific Crest Trail is a really great one to do. Um, I think it's pretty accessible for most people, especially if you have a little bit of an outdoor background. And um, as far as the tread goes, the tread is really good. Um, the trail is pretty distinctive. And it's graded really nicely. It's graded at about 10% grade. It's graded for horses for most of the way, so it's not too steep. And as far as where it's routed and the scenery, like it's, you know, big views all the time. And it goes through drastically different ecosystems. You start in the desert, you go through the high Sierra and some of the big snowy areas there. You end up through volcanic country. Um, It's just you see so much geologically different, so many different ecosystems, the rainforest that, uh, you know, if you're just going out there to see as much as you can see and this is going to be your only hike, it's it's really great. The Appalachian Trail, especially if you've grown up on the East Coast, really shows off some of the real great highlights. And what I love about it is the history of the trail. Not only the, the human history, um, Civil War history, the revolutionary history, um, the Underground Railroad history, but also the, the geologic history, seeing the Smokies and how the trees that are in the high Smokies in the South are so similar to the trees and the ecosystems up in Maine. That's really, really great. And as far as the Continental Divide Trail goes, um, just the big mountains and the remoteness and the wildness and feeling like you're really out there like an early explorer is really, really cool. And it's a trail that's very difficult. And when you finish, you know, you, you probably want to cry from relief. But afterwards, when you look back on it, it's uh, it feels like a huge, huge accomplishment. It's mm. something to be really proud of. So the Continental Divide divides the watersheds um water that falls on the west obviously ends up in the in the gulf of california right baja uh-huh. and the, the water that falls on the east side of the divide ends up in the gulf of mexico that means that we're talking about the highest average point from south to north across the united states so does that mean that you are at high elevation for the majority of the trail the lowest point of the whole trail is, I want to say, a little bit shy of 4,000 feet, and it's on either side. It's either in Waterton Lakes in Canada, where you finish, or um, I, I finished at the Columbus border in Mexico. And uh, so I think that's really interesting is that your your lowest points are where you finish. Colorado is it's almost entirely above 10,000 feet. Big swaths of it are above 11. And then... You know, Montana's is the the shorty at uh, I think some of the the high points maybe seven or eight over there, um, but yeah, you're you're high up, and I definitely remember crossing into Colorado after being pretty high up for Wyoming. You know, like having trouble breathing in Colorado, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, Colorado is tall. 
So the Continental Divide Trail is on the ridge of the Continental Divide for a lot of the trail, but it's not always on the very top, right? Right, uh, and um, it's routed to be pretty close to, to the actual divide, though. That's neat. That's cool. So I told you before we started that I was going to throw an idea out to you and get your opinion on it. I have long dreamed of climbing to the top of the Continental Divide at the Eisenhower Tunnel on uh-huh. I-70. Yeah. And then trying to hike the highest point if possible. So not necessarily on the Continental Divide Trail, but try to hike the highest point from there to the top of Long's Peak. Cool. So it's only about 80 miles. Yeah. But some of it is technical. It'll require ropes and, and climbing skills. And the idea is to be on the ridge the whole time. Of course, with weather and things like that, camping, we we would have to run down to tree line and then go back up to the ridge the next day and start again. But yeah. what do you think of that as a through hiking adventure? I mean, I that that's what I love about through hiking is putting together routes like that and being, coming up with crazy ideas and being like, hey, I think I can do this and I can take all the skills that I know from other outdoors activities from through hiking and figure out how to make this work. Yeah, it would be fun. So if a person were to do a hike like that, I don't even know how many 13ers you end up summiting, but you do summit several peaks above 13,000 feet along the way and then also end above 14,000 feet on Long's Peak. So in a only 80-mile stretch, you probably are going to summit somewhere in the order of 30 or 40 mountains, which wow. I just think would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really awesome. Um, it reminds me a little bit about the uh, 14ers through hike that Janae Dawood put together. Oh, yeah. um, big chunks of it were technical, and that, that seemed pretty crazy. Um, but to have all of those peaks in 80 miles is is really crazy. It's, it seems like your elevation profile would be really interesting on that. Yeah, I don't expect it would be something where you would do 30 miles a day or even 20 miles a day. You're probably going to be limited to, well, I got a few thousand verts in today. (laughs) Yeah. Slow Boat to the Bahamas is a funny look at getting the sailing bug, preparing for, and going on the big trip with a four-year-old and a four-pound dog. Linus Wilson recounts how his family sailed from New Orleans to the Bahamas in 2015. In its first week, Slow Boat to the Bahamas Kindle version was the number one bestseller in all three of its categories, sailing narratives, Bahamas, and cruises. And as you can tell from the podcast we had with Linus, this book's gotta be a hoot. Pick up your copy today. The 180 Flame is the ideal alternative to bulky and fragile gas-burning camp stoves. The 180 Flame utilizes fewer parts with minimal weight and maximized reliability. The locking tab and slot design means there are no hinges, welds, or rivets to fail you in the field. Cook your food and boil water quickly using only small amounts of natural fuels including twigs, grass, pine cones, and leaves. Weighing just 6.4 ounces, the 180 Flame is the ideal alternative to a backpacking stove. You can find your new flame at 180tac.com or a retailer near you. 180 Flame. Think big, pack small.
we talked about some kind of radical hikes here. These through hikes of these big trails, um, they take a lot of commitment, and that's what your course will help people to to sort out. We talked about this ridge hike idea, which would be pretty extreme, and I hope to do it someday. But how can people get started? What are some smaller things that people can do if some of the stuff just seems too overwhelming? You know, I would say um, if you're thinking about a long-distance hike, committing to your hike, not necessarily for this year, but for a couple years out and carving out, just writing down on your calendar and making sure that you don't have other things like the family vacation, you know, other things that could come up, um, get scheduled in that area. So really saying, this is the time when I'm going to do it, I think really helps you mentally prepare uh, for, for, for going out there. And then, um, you know, I think just starting to walk, if you're not a really active person going around your neighbor, just walking around your neighborhood, it's starting to, to feel like what that's like to go out every single day or a couple times a week is a really great first step to, to realizing, you know, how great hiking is, how great walking is. That's a, that's a great approach. You know, one thing that I have done in the past and want to do more, but I try to work standing up when I can and I have a yeah. wobble disc. And so I will stand on one foot on the wobble disc while I work on my laptop. And that fires all those muscles that are required for balance on the trail. And so you're at work, but you're actually doing a a lot of physical fitness right there. Totally. I I love those things where you can kind of figure out how to sneak physical fitness into your everyday schedule. Uh, One of the things I tell people who are training for a long distance hiking is to uh, run errands with a backpack that's weighted because you'll be walking from the car to the store with oh, a heavy backpack. Okay, it'll be heavy, but you're only walking, you know, a couple hundred feet. But it just gets your back and your muscles used to what it's like to have that kind of weight. And after a while, it starts to feel kind of normal. That's smart. So how good a shape does someone need to be in before they can start backpacking? You know, I think that there might be a conception that you have to be in better shape than you actually do. Um, by no means you need to have a six pack, you know, means you have to be able to run a marathon or, or even walk a marathon before you go on a long distance hike. Um, it depends a little bit on about what type of trail you're on, which trail you're on. So if you're hiking something like the Appalachian Trail, you could probably get away not being, you know, I've, I've um, run into people who are three or 400 pounds who are on the trail specifically to lose weight who have made it pretty far and they've just been able to do a couple miles per day and that they've been able to, to, you know, maybe not finish the whole trail, but get really pretty impressively far. If you're hiking something in the desert, especially you want to make sure that you can walk from water source to water source safely. So you might want to be in better shape or something like that to make sure that you'll be able to make it to, to a place where you can get water. But um, yeah, I would say it depends on your trail. Neat. And people can always start small, like you said, walking around the neighborhood and building from there. Yeah, definitely. So Liz, Backpacker Magazine has always been one of my favorites. And I grew up reading Backpacker years and years ago, and I was so inspired by the articles about different places to hike, things that people see and experiences that they've had, not to mention a lot of great advice about gear and just basic how-to knowledge. It gave me a perspective before I ever went backpacking that allowed me to kind of uh, feel like I was a part of it already. Would you do the same thing for us by taking us through a day in the life of a through hiker from when you wake up in the morning until, you know, you're asleep that evening? Details for us. What's it really like? 
Totally. So, so actually in the course, one of the things I do, I have is like almost a minute by minute plan. What, what is my day like on the trail? And I have a couple other hikers do it, you know, so my schedule is pretty aggressive since I'm going for speed records and all that. And I have someone who is pretty much the opposite of me, who's taking breaks to sketch or, um, you know, go fishing and things like that. But, you know, it starts off, I usually like to wake up a little bit before um, dawn. And one of the things I do is I quickly pack up my pack as, as fast as I can because it's cold in the morning. And I'll usually start walking while I'm eating a cold breakfast, usually some sort of um, bar, a pro bar or something. And maybe an hour or so in as it starts to warm up, um, I might take a break, make t- put together some coffee or something, keep hiking. One of the big things I like to do in the middle of the day is take a long lunch break somewhere that's really beautiful. Uh, if there's some water dry out my gear, just really soak in being out there. And, you know, sometimes I'll do it a couple times a day, especially if um, I'm someplace where there's passes that you have, like at the top of a pass if the weather's good. Like that's such a great place to hang out. Um, if there's other people that I meet along the way, I'll usually stop and talk to them for a while and, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what the trail's like ahead and, you know, tell funny stories from our experience on the trail. And then, that's kind of, a, I'll, I'll repeat this, eating maybe every two to three hours, um, taking breaks, kind of a, on similar intervals um, until it gets dark. And then I'll set up my tent, cook my dinner, and go to sleep. So what does your body feel during the day? How do your feet feel covering that kind of distance and being on them that much? Yeah, de- I would say definitely being on your feet that long, um, especially I, I work at a desk as well when I'm not hiking. So I, I really should stand. I should get one of those standing de- desks like you do. But uh I think, you know, at first that that's a little bit hard on feet. So one of the things I like to do is to, I'll take off my shoes and let my feet breathe. Um, I'll elevate them or I'll, you know, I can't really ice them unless there's snow, but I'll try to soak them in colder water. And that helps with some of the swelling. After a while, your feet, you know, start getting the game. They're like, okay, I, I get we're going to be walking all day now. So it does get better at first, but um, just really being kind to your feet and really taking note if there's any hot spots or or any soreness that doesn't feel right. What about your back and neck carrying a pack like that? Yeah, with a, with back and neck, I think one of the things that really helps is adjusting straps, adjusting them maybe every hour or every few hours so that your pack rides on you slightly differently. I think that helps a lot. And doing stretching, taking taking breaks every couple hours and stretching out your back and neck, doing some yoga poses really helps. And making sure that when you sleep at night that you're sleeping in a in a, in a neutral position um, and you're not sleeping on rocks or anything weird like that. Sure. It gives your body a little bit of time to reset itself. Do you start to feel a little bit weathered after a while? I mean, you're out in the elements, the wind, the sun, the rain. Yeah, you do start to feel weathered. And I think that's one of the tricks of long-distance hiking is making it so that being weathered, that you don't get it weathered as quickly as a rate that you would if you weren't being really proactive about it, but also not letting the amount of weatheredness that you get, that's not really a word, but um, not letting it get to you, not letting it get to your spirit, um, not having it impact your love of the trail or love being out there. Mm. And I'm sure you're going to address a lot about that in this course. Yeah. Uh, staying motivated, staying interested throughout throughout your hike. Um, really this hike, this whole course is set up um, so that people who are setting out to go on a long hike can do everything they can to not quit or not quit unnecessarily. You know, if something happens at home, you know, there's there's nothing you can really do. But just try to make sure that everything you can do is you've got a plan for 
And, you know, there's always going to be surprises. There's going to be a lot of surprises. So it's not about making it so that every minute is scripted. It's about if something bad happens, what you can do to make sure you're not going to quit because of it or you're not going to get hurt because of it. So, Liz, I think this course sounds wonderful. It's the kind of thing that I would have loved to have taken before I started backpacking more than I have. And I'm sure that I would learn a ton by taking the course now after years of backpacking. So, wow, I thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing this opportunity with our listeners. There are a lot of people that listen to the show who I am sure would love to give it a shot, but they just never knew quite where to start. So this is one opportunity for them. So thanks for reaching out to us so we could get the word out to them. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Kurt. Hey, will you wrap us up with one last thing here? Your course wrap-up, one of the, the bullet points is what Hike Your Own Hike means. Inspire us with what that is. Sure. Hike Your Own Hike is one of the, the core philosophies of backpacking and long-distance hiking. And it's the idea of making your journey into what you want it to be. Not having the gear that people tell you to have, but having what you feel is right. Not hiking the distance that people... Uh, might be pressuring you to hike, but hiking however long you feel comfortable hiking and you enjoy hiking, being really authentic in how you go about doing your hike and not doing um, what you're doing in the outdoors because it's the right thing to do or it's what other people are doing, but because it's what you want to do. And I think learning to hike your own hike is easier said than done. You know, I, I say that it took me 8,000 miles to figure out how to hike my own hike. It's one of the things that makes the outdoors so magical and the more I practice hiking my own hike, the more I enjoy being out there and love doing it. Oh, that's great. A lot of personal discovery involved in that. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's what a long-distance hike is about, is that you never really know what you're going to learn about yourself until you go out there and do it. And the lesson you learn is always the lesson you need to learn. Oh, that's great. Those are great words. Thank you very much for that. And thank you very much again for sharing this opportunity with us today. Thank, thank you so much, Kurt. Oh, you bet. And for all of our listeners out there, until the next show, get out there and have some fun. <laughs>